Welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Roddy, and today I'm joined by Abby. Hello. Damon. Woohoo. And Simon. Second one today. To discuss manga. If that's a phrase you're unfamiliar with, it is essentially a catch-all term for a wide variety of comic books and graphic novels originally produced and published in Japan, usually serialized and spanning many, many genres. The Ferndale Library, like a lot of libraries, has a fairly vast collection of manga books circulating from its young adult shelves and some on the adult shelves as well. Today, among other things, we're here to talk about our favorite manga series. And to start us off, I would like everyone to talk about some of the first manga they remember reading. (laughs) If you can, I can also start us off. Go clockwise. Okay. Is that me then? Yes. All right. Um, Helsing. Hel- <laughs> <laughs> uh, little little too young to read Helsing when I read Helsing, of quite course. frankly. But um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible, goofy little comic about uh, what if Dracula was a shape-shifting blood mage who fought Nazis? Yep. that is incredible i can't remember my first experience with manga but i know i was pretty late to the game Mm -hmm. so i think the first one i really took seriously was actually the kingdom hearts manga which is like based on the video games (laughs) but it tells its own stories and it is a blast and yeah they're fun man i don't remember what it was i do remember i was in the van that we were taking to Cedar Point with my family, and mm-hmm. it was a teen manga, and I was seven. So I opened to a page, and I was like, wow, um, that's for grown <laughs> people. But the one I remember getting into and reading was a three-volume one called Dramacon. I love Dramacon. Oh, my God. Okay, yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you apologizing? So Dramacon was not my first. I don't remember my first, but I do remember very early on reading Skip Beat, which oh, is still yeah. ongoing mm, and yes. will probably outlive me. But yeah, Dra- <laughs> Dramacon. That's actually really funny. Dramacon is actually written by a Canadian author. It's one of the first manga created by a non-Japanese author to get as wide release as it did because it was so popular. And it is about a bunch of people at an anime convention in which a lot of drama occurs, as the name <laughs> DramaCon <laughs> indicates. This sounds incredible, and now I need to find this and read it's it, like, now. very cute. I do not know how it has aged because I read it years ago. So, so I read it last month. It aged pretty well. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> so I should revisit it. I was I was going to say, the tradition continues. We have, a, we have a new comic on the shelves called Weeaboo that has essentially the exact same uh (laughs) the exact same plot oh my gosh that's perfect Uh, i will say that at least in my experience for manga it was usually the case that like at least at first i would start an anime and i would Mm -hmm. get through a few seasons and i would be like well this is not enough i need more and then I would go to Borders or Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. with my other little nerdy friends and we would be those annoying teenagers. Well, we were quiet. Yeah. And we would sit there and read as much manga as we could get our hands on because it wasn't as popular to have them in the library mm-hmm. at that point in time. And so that was like a lot of my transition into like straight up reading manga, regardless of adaptation or not. So was that a thing for you guys? Y'all want to talk oh. about that? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I can literally still picture where in the Barnes and Noble in my hometown where the manga section was. <laughs> if you walked in, it was in the back left corner. <laughs> um, yeah. I just want to say that that anime to manga pipeline is so real for so many people because it's like i need more like this story i want to know what happened and so sometimes like the tv show will be behind where the manga mm -hmm. is or it'll take it in a completely different direction yes. because mm -hmm. like they're doing the whole george R. R. martin thing and the author can't keep up with how fast they're producing the television show right or you know shout out to sailor moon they're definitely not cousins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I think a really popular series in which that happened, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, 100%. Which you yeah, got definitely. the show's first ending, which I will spare my opinion on. <laughs> but it was much different than the ending you get in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which yeah. is more accurate to the source material. I mean, Helsing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's just... I would say that it's really interesting at how accessible manga has mm -hmm. become. I do also remember the time in which um, getting your hands on manga and chapters was a matter of who on the internet was kind enough to do an unauthorized translation. Yeah, for yep. So we have come very, very far yeah, from those we days. Have. <laughs> Kids won't know the struggle these they, days. They won't. <laughs> Yeah. That goes for terrible dubs of animes too. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> those old fan dubs where people <laughs> were just. There is a time where people were just dubbing. Uh, dubbing refers to basically recording over a show in the language in a different language than the show is originally broadcasted in. Yes. So when we refer to dubbing for the audience, we usually mean the English dub of a show that is originally in Japanese or another language. And there was a point in time in the early 2000s where the <laughs> process of dubbing was by vibes only and not necessarily accuracy. I think my favorite <laughs> example of this is in Pokemon where Brock is eating its onigiri, which is like giant sushi roll of rice with some filling inside it. Mm -hmm. And it clearly in the art, it just clearly onigiri. And then he's like, oh, I just love these powdered donuts. <laughs> and it's like, do they think oh, just Americans just can't? Oh my goodness, yeah. I remember this now. You just mm -hmm. like triggered a memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the uh, Abby's wondering why I like hid my eyes for a second <laughs> when you were talking about uh, scanlations, which was like the fans scanning and translating things there were also fan dubs back in the day i'm not <laughs> i am not gonna say where you can still find this on the internet but was i part of a digimon fan dub at one point maybe maybe now that you said that i am going to find this. oh you're not gonna know which digimon series I, it though. doesn't matter I will, I will do what it takes to find it i too am interested in this and we will work together on this you will be found out yes i will use my deep librarian research skills right and also that i'm glad that damon brought up uh you know just lost in translation aspects of, you know, just cultural things being missed because that is still kind of a problem in a lot of like anime and things like that. And I do find that having better access to manga now, mm -hmm. I can actually get a much better grasp of what the mangaka, which is that is a term that refers to an author of a manga, um, what they are trying to actually say. 
but you know, yeah, translated think, into English. <laughs> yeah, I think the first manga I read that had translator notes almost as long as a chapter was Azamanga Dayo, but it was so much better for it because it's it's a comedy manga mm-hmm. about high school life, and then they're like, "Listen, we can't translate this accent well. This is what this accent means for right. it. yeah." <laughs> Um, oh yeah, that's a convention too. Um, if you hear in an anime like someone in a dub speaking with a very southern or country accent, mm-hmm. that's usually the way that they indicate that a person is from Okinawa for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. just little. Yeah. Or, or if they've got like a New York accent, that's uh that's Kansai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those are things that like would not necessarily translate as easily. So mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. What manga have we been reading recently? <laughs> I could start with this one if you want. Oh, okay. So fairly recently, I read through Our Dreams at Dusk by Yuki Kamatani. And it is a oh, absolutely beautiful. It's just four volumes long. And it is about a gay high schooler who thinks he's alone. I mean, Japan is very different than the U.S. and how people are still thinking about that. And so it's still very much more closeted than we have here. Mm-hmm. And so he meets other queer folk in this manga. And so to have it so, like, he gets this beautiful sound family and learns to love himself. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Very much like a slice of life manga that is very enjoyable. Um, and for the listener's slice of life, if you would like to explain more about that, Dana. I guess, I, I don't know if I'm using a technical term here. I'm just, I, I, I'm more meaning that it's everyday life things that happen to you. So that is the perfect description. Yeah. For yeah. Yep. <laughs> that being said, we could briefly talk about like the different types of manga out there. Cause oh, you yeah. mentioned at the beginning, there's like manga is so many different genres. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just one thing and there's five main types of manga. Yeah. I can quickly go through them yeah, um, because I wrote it down and I took notes and mm. yay. No. So of course you have the classic shonen versus shoujo. Mm. So shonen is going to be typically action adventure, coming of age types of stories. And in Japan, they're generally targeted at tween and teen boys. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean girls don't read it and non-binary folks for that matter. Anybody can read any type but that's just where the target audience is um shoujo then is like the opposite of that where it's going to be more romance more drama also coming of age but targeted more at teen and tween girls um some examples of that would be like fruit basket my love story sailor moon sailor moon's kind of a weird one out there because it is more (laughs) actiony but it still is in that shoujo and oh sorry shown in some examples dragon ball my hero academia full metal alchemist all the big classics Mm mm-hmm um, and then for adults, they have Seinen, which is going to be more violent action, typically. Um, there's going to be more adult themes, more intense, sometimes sex content in there, um, like Ghost in the Shell, Berserk, Tokyo Ghoul. And then, not sure if I'm saying it right, I think it's Jose. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, and that's going to be the, like, targeted towards adult women, more romance, sex, drama, um, just heavier content than you would find in shoujo. And then finally, for younger kids, you've got Koromoro Muke, which is like Doraemon, Astro Boy, Hello Kitty. It's going to be more learning lessons, going to be more cartoony, yep. those sorts of things. Yeah. And so even within all of those genres, you've got you've got fantasy manga, you've got slice of life manga, you've got you know everything out there, historical fiction. Even honestly, yes. it's out there. Um, yeah. And there's also yeah. a big nonfiction manga market as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. The uh, Showa, the history of Japan, is getting a lavish reprinting this year that I'm going to try and buy for the library. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, no, we, we were talking about what we've been reading recently. Oh, yeah. Sorry about oh, the no, whole no, tangent no, no, there. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. That was important. Yeah. Listen, tangents are like half of this podcast. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> hey, Simon, what have you been read, reading, yeah, reading recently? Um, well, I'm not working through some things and reading, you know, stuff about middle aged guys learning that they, too, deserve love. Um <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites recently has been this delightful little comic called What Did You Eat Yesterday? That is about um, two middle-aged gay guys. They've been together for forever. Uh, and they essentially just get together and make dinner every night. And I also get some killer recipes from this manga. But it brings up a lot of like contemporary issues. Like Damon was saying, there's, there's still not gay marriage in Japan. Mm-hmm. There's still their parents aren't accepting of them and they've got to try and navigate like, how do you do that all the way into middle age, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's also that's something I've been. Uh, this is a different tangent, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is why I resonate more with LGBTQ content from Japan versus, you know, America, where I am from and grew up. But it's because. I grew up in that era where we didn't have gay marriage and parents weren't accepting and yada, yada, yada. And it's just it's easier to find those types of slice of life comics that are still ultimately hopeful and very cute and romantic, you know. Right. Yeah. What about you, Abby? I feel so like childish now so i've been rereading tokyo ghoul nice um i've been feeling really nostalgic so tokyo ghoul i reread through black butler Mm. like the really old stuff um i am i did pick up one piece yeah i made a mistake (laughs) um (laughs) i never read one piece um i just started watching one piece like three years ago so um that is man that is how many how many volumes are there now well i know how many chapters there are it's gonna say over a hundred uh way more than that isn't it because (laughs) isn't it didn't it hit a thousand the anime has like 900 episodes yeah Yeah. so one piece is Mm -hmm. at 1160 something chapters i believe i could be off but i know it is over a thousand yeah i remember when they hit a thousand yeah and everyone yeah, was okay, like, yeah. oh my gosh. That's yeah. around the time I started reading it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, a thousand. That's a good time. That seems like a nice long and wow, I'm stuck there. And <laughs> yep. then I've like, I started uh, rereading Hunter x Hunter, which oh, is my sure. favorite. Yeah. I love it so much. I do have tried and true manga that I go back to all the time. I will say yeah. that as far as what I've been reading recently, it's mostly what Simon has been buying for the library. <laughs> um, so then. <laughs> Simon purchased I Love Slice of Life. Um, It's one of my favorites because it's so comforting. I also love if it revolves around food, but this does not necessarily revolve around food. But Simon introduced me to a man in his cat. And I fell in love with both the man and his cat. Like I would love to be in that family. Um, what well, so once sweet. again, middle-aged man learning to find love <laughs> later yes. in life. Yes, after losing um, <laughs> his wife and just, you know, going through a lot of professional turmoil and just, it, it's such a delightful read. Um, I will say that I am all over the place with what I read, though. Um, I have been going back to some of my favorites, um, Bleach. The new season just premiered. I'm watching it in tandem with a bunch of my friends. And so I've gone back to revisit the chapters. I have talked 
everyone in this room's ears off about bleach. <laughs> so that, is, that explains the dead silence. Um, but I have no regrets. Yeah. Um, my favorite manga ever is one called Gangsta. It is unfinished. Mm-hmm. Both it and the anime are unfinished. Still in the process. I know the author was dealing with, you know, chronic illness and things mm-hmm. like that. But I do go back and reread that as often as I can. And there is a series that I love that is not for children, um, but it is called Sweat and Soap. It is a very yeah. uh, sweet, interesting little romance slice of life situation. And it is such a comfort <laughs> to read. It's very cute. It's so cute. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm all over the place. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) Can we go back and appreciate A Man and His Cat for a minute? Because I think all four of us read A Man and His Cat at this point. I I got like almost the entire staff. Anyone that reads manga has read A Man and His Cat at this point. It was (laughs) hilarious because I would get a volume. I would check it back in and it would trigger the hold for like Roddy or Abby. And I would immediately bring it to one of their desks. And incredible. But it has one of my favorite thing, which is ugly cute where it's something that is so the cat in this is so (laughs) ugly that it is adorable Mm -hmm. and you just want to hug it and love it and just oh i i love that cat so much oh there's i would die for that cat i you know yes honestly (laughs) there's um i will say speaking of translator notes like i think they did an incredible job of translating the various cat puns in Mm. the sections (laughs) of that book that are from the cat's perspective because he loves daddy meowy much, you know, it's, there's, there's a bit warning people who have cats. There is a bit where the cat gets lost. Do not worry. He finds the cat. But <laughs> when I tell you, I cried during oh, those bits where goodness. he's like lost out in the wilderness and just crying for dad. I was, uh, I lost my cat briefly, but I found her. Don't worry. But it was just like, uh, yeah. yeah. I might've like during that, cause I had that, volume at home I might have grabbed two of my cats and held them through it they did not like it but it made me feel better (laughs) I think the lesson here is everybody needs to read a man and his cat yes we have it here at Ferndale it's wonderful (laughs) I have a question Um, not trying to detract from the joy that is a man and his cat Mm. but have you have any of you ever had the experience where reading a manga has gotten you into a genre or just, you know, something you didn't think you would be super interested in and like you were introduced to it by manga and then really, really started to like it? Because my entire life, I have been a very strict, like, I am not a horror person. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I'm not really a horror person. I don't actually like being feared my flight or fight. I will run at the slightest provocation of danger, like I'm gone. Simon has witnessed this. <laughs> yep. Um, so it was so interesting for me when I fell in love with Junji Ito's works. Yeah. And speaking all- of cat manga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he uh, so Junji Ito is a very famous horror um manga writer, mangaka, and <laughs> he also has a comedy uh, manga in which he writes about his two cats and his fiance. And he has a very distinctive uh, drawing style for his horror books. And one of his cats and his fiance are drawn in that style, while his other cat and himself are drawn in a more, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say normal, but palatable. <laughs> <style>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they, they don't look like a monster from a Junji Ito comic. Right. So what does he think about his fiance well, then? It's mostly, I think, I think it literally starts out with her convincing him to get another cat or something like that. It's been a while since I've touched it, but yeah. it's done in a very comedic way <laughs> and it's just so funny. But yeah, that I found yeah. out about that after his horror novels and or horror manga. And it was just, I was like, I really like this brand of existential, super creepy, not really jump scare kind of manga yeah. that will scare the crap out of me, but not necessarily give me nightmares. It's so wild to think about his horror comics because they are like, I would never th- would think I would be afraid of a shape, but then Uzumaki happened, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which translates roughly to spiral. And it is literally just spirals infect a town which sounds wild, but I promise you it's going to be one of the grossest, scariest things you've ever read. I will say, for that matter, um, in case anyone was thinking about bringing, uh, picking up Junji Ito after this, there are some body horror aspects of it that you should yeah. be conscious of if that is something that really, really, really um, gets to you in a way that is uncomfortable, that you might want to proceed with caution. However, I do generally recommend his horror quite a bit. But yeah, so that's just an example for me. Is there something that you found yourself getting into um, or found manga being the sort of gateway for you that you didn't think about or really get into before? (laughs) I lived a very sheltered life as a child Mm -hmm. and I grew up in a very religious family. And so when I first came across Full Metal Alchemist, which for me was not first the manga, but I have read quite a bit of the manga. I started with the anime, but it led me to mm-hmm. to reading the manga. And that story is very religion is used in in that story as very much a way of control. Mm-hmm. And it was very much the opposite of how I was seeing religion at the time. And it felt very, 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 very dark. I was not used to that. That is like 90% of the content I consume these days as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was just kind of like my starting point with like, oh, I kind of like this kind of darker, creepy, like could be real, but there's magic still mm-hmm. stuff going on. So I get what you're saying there, Roddy. Totally. Right. Yeah. I think for me, because growing up, I like also was in a very strict household. I didn't watch a lot of horror. I didn't watch a lot of gore. Attack on Titan was my first yeah. like introduction introduction <laughs> to gore. <laughs> and um I will have to say probably the same as you. Like it it's not technically considered horror, but for me in 10th grade, it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. So um Tokyo Ghoul, like I find myself going towards things that are a little more gory. Mm-hmm. I'm not a little more, a lot more gory than I normally would have ever watched mm-hmm. or read. So Tokyo Ghoul manga I'm rereading right now, Attack on Titan. And that just carries on like it I'm like really into the gore stuff, which is really weird because I'm very squeamish. You might like Chainsaw Man, by the way, if you haven't seen it. I've heard incredible things about it. Chainsaw Man and then um the author of Chainsaw Man's Apprentice just got their first volume published here in the States, Dan Dan. Mm -hmm. Also delightful. I'm I think the oldest person at this table. We're not gonna talk about it, but I would be remiss if I did not bring up uh certain classic authors that are kind of like uh, like Shotaro Ishinomori is a guy who has the Guinness Book of World Records for the most comics ever made. 
And he has, he's the one where I showed you the picture with his incredible mane of hair. Yeah. 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 I literally have some of his work tattooed on my body. He has invented several genres, the the transforming hero genre type thing. Mm -hmm. He didn't necessarily, he he popularized it. And like the hero team type thing. This man invented Power Rangers. That's what I'm dancing around. Yeah, no, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) This man invented Power Rangers, Cyborg 009, um, Kikaider, which is like a Pinocchio story, but with Mm -hmm. robots. It's great. Uh, And then there's also his apprentice, Go Nagai, who made Devil Man. So if you saw <laughs> Devil Man Cry Baby, uh, if you like Sailor Moon, he also, he essentially invented that genre with Cutie Honey back in the 70s. Like, <laughs> lots of fun stuff if you if you go back like a decade or two. Um, and there's also Fist of the North Star. I could, I could go on. See, and I love this because I am still, like I said, I'm still very new to a lot of this. And so, like, just listening to you all talk about all of this is like, ooh, I, now I know what I need to read next. Right. <laughs> and it's so, I love, um, there's something to say about manga and the fact that while it is still very repressed, I feel in certain aspects, certain cultural aspects, to be clear, um, I would say that the amount of, like, diversity in storytelling and story type like you Mm. have your main conventions but the way that people the things people do with them are so fascinating so good and i really love it and it is it is also kind of a outpacing not kind of it's definitely outpacing the american like comic and graphic novel currently Mm. and i I think there's something to say to that i'm kind of curious about if anyone knows more details about that too i i would argue that for mainstream american comics like especially coming from the big two marvel and dc Mm -hmm. absolutely you're Mm -hmm. absolutely correct but like yeah there are more mainstream manga that are going into like weird and interesting and wild genres type things versus like American indie comics, you yeah. know, cause like American indie comics are great. They, but they only have a certain level of reach versus yeah. say Gengoro Tagame, who mm, is yes, now please. published in a bazillion languages. Um, I love that man to death. I met him at a convention once, but <laughs> he started off essentially making porn um <laughs> i mean you know you gotta do what you gotta do to pay the bills but specifically um as a as again middle-aged gay man he's now writing um barely fictionalized things that are like what's it like being a middle-aged gay man in japan when mm-hmm. you didn't get to grow up in a culture that embraced that or let you mm-hmm. or like you never saw anybody that looked like you in the cover of a gay manga mm-hmm. um so like uh my brother's husband we've got here is absolutely incredible our colors is an incredible coming of age story he's also now writing a new series um that doesn't currently have a publication schedule in the u.s but it'll matter of time um where it's like again middle-aged cozy gay making food it's great yeah i i I just want to second both my brother's husband and uh sorry my brother's husband and our colors they are phenomenal Mm -hmm. phenomenal uh manga but uh if you want to feel those cozy feelings don't branch out and do his other older comics i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) they they are not cozy (laughs) i think regarding like I'm I'm going to go off a little bit on like the popularity of manga now mm-hmm. because when I was little 
Well, when I say little, I mean like a teenager. You couldn't get manga. Like my old library was a very small library. And the only things they had were Naruto, Black Butler, Fruits Basket, and then a couple small, like, off-the-wall ones that you're just, like, mm -hmm. I can't even remember the names of. Mm -hmm. And now you walk into, like, that library, and there's, there's like, four shelves worth of manga, and mm -hmm. it's all new manga. And I'm kind of jealous of kids <laughs> these days. Like, I go to Barnes & Nobles, and they got, like... Two aisles of manga. They don't just have yeah. manga now. They have light novels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is in so light novels. Um, if you opened a light novel, while the outside might look like a traditional manga, the inside will look like typical uh a typical chapter book, maybe with some illustration and things like that. Um, but they are usually categorized with uh, manga mm -hmm. in terms of at least how a lot of places shelve them here. I'm not sure if that's any different in Japan, but just speaking from my experience here, they tend to be kind of looped together, but formatted differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's another thing. Those things you just didn't have access to. And while part of me is slightly like, oh man, the kids has got it so good. <laughs> I'm also just like, oh, I have it so good because I'm an adult with my own money and I can yes. benefit from this too. <laughs> there was Absolutely. a kid in Barnes and Nobles that was like, mom, I want all three of these. And she's like, you can only get one. And I was standing there with my, because I was treating myself literally 11 volumes of <laughs> yeah. And I was just, kid was looking at me like, oh, like I was amazing. And I was just like, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. This is my rent money. <laughs> I also want to add that while libraries have gotten way better at getting manga, interlibrary loans are incredible. Yes. yes. So it's like oftentimes a library will have like all 50 volumes of something, but missing two random ones in the middle yes. and you have to interlibrary loan it. But another library in Michigan will have it and you're yes. going to be able to get it, which is the best. Also, yes. for the fellow old people in the audience, Tokyo Pop is back. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, Tokyo, okay. Tokyo Pop is back as a publishing house and a lot of their stuff is on Hoopla. Okay. Which is a... Um, yeah. I'm okay. I would just <laughs> a library service. Right now. <laughs> no, I know Tokyo Pop's back. Tokyo Here's... Pop was like a huge publisher. Yeah. Like when yes. no one else was publishing. Sorry, I've gotten so loud because I'm no. so excited. <laughs> no, when, when no one, no one else, else was publishing, manga. and you couldn't get a hold of anything else out here, Tokyo Pop was the hero that yep. we needed yep. in terms of like access. Yep. So I yes. am so Tokyo Pop's back, and they're still there. They are publishing also very off the wall, goofy things. I love that. Wow. Yeah. I've noticed also, and maybe this is something that's been going on for a while. Some of one of you can maybe jump in on it. There's like a division of Square Enix that does manga now, yes. which is awesome. Oh, that's who publishes A Man and His Cat. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I think I, I could be wrong. I think they also did. Um, uh, oh, shoot. What's the name of it? Uh, it's The Times I Knew My Son Was Gay. Oh, I Think Our Son Is Gay. Yes, I Think Our Son Is Gay. Which, which is, I love that comic It is so hilarious. Much. It is a mother, like, seeing all of these signs in her son, but just, like, trying to, like, gently let him know it's okay. Yeah. And him just, like, getting so embarrassed every time something will happen and him tripping over his words, like, oh, when I get married to a man. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean a man. I didn't mean a man. When I get married to a woman someday. And it's just like, oh, you poor soul. I just want to yeah. hug you would tell you it'll be okay um read it it's wonderful the chapters are like six pages each they're each it feels more like almost like a web comic when you're yeah. reading it mm -hmm. which is wonderful but i uh, think square enix published that as well yeah 
I also have to throw out Way of the House Husband. I was oh, yes. going to mention yes. that, and I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> I love Way of the House Husband so much. Way of the House Husband is a cultural phenomenon that is a comic, a cartoon, a live-action adaptation mm-hmm. about a former gangster who... Um, Turns out his wife or the woman he marries ends up having like a really high powered like corporate job. And so he's just he's going to be a house husband now, but he still can't quite get out of the gangster way of thinking and uh, plotting and yada yada. He uh, gives his neighbors dime bags worth of ingredients when they need, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I think one of my favorite moments is when something's about to go on sale and it's a really popular item. And he's just kind of like plotting in his mind about like what the opposition is going to look like and how he's going to like get it. And it's just like a sale. It's a regular grocery item, probably Uh like flour. So I don't remember what specifically it was. Oh, winter clothes. Oh, my goodness. The winter clothes sale chapter. Yeah. The carbine incident. It's just so funny. I bought I bought and then donated a bunch of copies of that manga at some point, and now I just borrow it. Yes, we we have it at the library. We do have it at the library. I purchased it when I was at the bookstore, and I've moved to a better life now, where I can borrow things. And so I would suggest interloaning or just borrowing that from us. It's so funny. It is so good. Um, and it's just a delight to read. And I would say that's another thing as far as manga. Um, and it's kind of just occurred to me as we've been talking, the manga that was most easily accessible were the shonen, were mm-hmm. the seinen, were, you know, Naruto, Berserk, all Dragon the big, Ball. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Ball, like very big fight focused, or, you know, like Sailor Moon and Magical Girl. And these like fun slice of life, Mm-hmm. quirky goofy manga are things that we are seeing more of now and I, I don't know if it's just because they're growing in popularity but or I should say like in terms of more writers writing novels or manga like this but rather just like there was this whole thing that we didn't have access to that they've realized now that there is an American audience for and so we are seeing more yeah. of it too I would say it's more of that because yeah. I like these genres have definitely existed in Japan for Forever. the entirety of comic books, <laughs> but like the fact that there's an American audience for these kind of things, I don't yeah. think was very apparent until like the big series like Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, yada mm-hmm. yada started blowing up here. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, and I watched all of those and yep, I did same. love them and I enjoyed <laughs> them. But let me tell you where Restaurant to Another World is actually one of my biggest <laughs> comforts in life, in which that is an anime, but also a manga in which um, this gentleman runs a restaurant. And every Saturday, it um, the door opens to a fantasy world in which he has customers from all over this fantasy world mm-hmm. that will come and they all have their specific dishes that they like to order a relationship is formed in a couple of instances for two uh, people who technically live on opposite sides of that planet or world or whatever Mm -hmm. they meet at the restaurant and you know fall in love like it's so sweet and it's so cute and That definitely wasn't out here when I was younger. Yeah, but it definitely is now. not. Sounds amazing. So it's so sweet. Sorry, I love <laughs> no. it so much. I'm gonna go rewatch it now that I've mentioned it. <laughs> this is not. It's not manga, but like what manga kind of ended up leading me to was just like a real quick note. Like webtoons, those are also becoming very yes. popular, and I feel like yeah. the younger generation is finding webtoons, and then they're finding manga. At least from what I'm mm. seeing with like. Mm-hmm. 
my younger cousins and like kids like that I know through them, they'll be like, oh yeah, this webtoon and this and the other. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Have you read this, this? And I was like, what's that? And I'm like, it's manga. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh. We, we do actually have a couple of things here in the adult collection that started off as webtoons that yeah. are now getting published yes. yeah. because reasons. Um, most of them are very much not for kids, though. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> the biggest series that I can think of in terms of that is Lore Olympus, which yeah. you can still read in its webtoon form. It's still being published in its form. Um webtoon wise but yeah i actually read a lot of webtoons as well <laughs> I, have, I have like three different webtoon apps on my phone Same where thing. sometimes i'm just like oh, i just want to read but the, i'm glad that you brought that up because i was thinking about that too webtoons their formatting and how they are accessed mm -hmm. actually very much mirrors the way that we were accessing manga that was not being back published in the in day oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. some of the websites like the translations like webtoons are definitely occupying that same space and yeah there is a very close line between the two of them and considering where a lot of these webtoons are being written published in the way that they're going through um, like being translated and things like yeah. that. I actually kind of consider them to be manga and more like yeah. more often than not. Well, like I think it's manhwa is the mm -hmm. Korean. Yes. Yeah, because that's most of the webtoons I follow are Korean yeah, instead of, yeah. Hopefully some of them will be also taking the transition to being published in their volume format. Quite a few have turned or have gotten show deals as yes. well yeah. or are going to be shows, which is also really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's a argument on um, not not a like mean argument, but there is a discussion, I should say, on a Discord server I am. They're trying to figure out is like, would those be considered anime or would they be considered cartoons? Because a lot of them are animated. Right. That is the vote that argument feels as old as time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. such a deep it goes I mean you get that argument a lot with like Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. Yes, yes. That is the most prominent example that I feel like our listeners would be able to access in terms of like mm -hmm. people very, very deeply argue about whether or not Avatar the Last Airbender could be considered an anime or if it's a cartoon. I will not be sharing my opinions on that. You all are welcome to. But <laughs> it is a complicated it's a complicated conversation. That's all I have to say about that. Anime level show that was created by Nickelodeon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I will. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. It's an anime level show that was created by Nickelodeon. I'll keep my opinion to myself because I've been burned before. <laughs> they have also published many different, we'll call them comics, um, based yeah. on that. But a lot of them were published in the manga style, where you read mm -hmm. them from right to left. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and they are very well produced. Yes. Yeah. I think it's kind of hilarious how fraught this conversation is our stance and I'm not insulting us because I'm one of us but I'm just like I'm so amused by like we are there's a sort of sanctity to this that we yeah, do not want to touch I, I literally backed away from the microphone for a second um. <laughs> but I mean kudos to the people who want to have that conversation yeah. and yeah. argue about those things. I'm just once again here to enjoy the greater access yeah, exactly. to these things yeah. that we now get to enjoy even at our local libraries because even growing up in yeah. Los Angeles when I was going to the library regularly they did not have any manga in there whatsoever and that is how mm -hmm. i became one of the kids on the floor at the bookstore yep. mm -hmm. um reading books and you know 
I'm not necessarily vouching for that, nor am I speaking against it. It's just know your local bookstore employees or just go to the library. (laughs) Yes, I would say you can now absolutely be that kid just in the library where there's no expectation for you to spend money. Exactly. It's one of the last places in this country where that is true. (laughs) And if there's a manga that you want that you don't see on the shelf, I will get it for you. Request it. Mm -hmm. And librarians like Simon and librarians like Damon We'll get that for you. Yes. Yeah. Or I'll pass it on to Aaron, who does all the buying right. for the YA <laughs> graphic novels yeah, and manga. True. But <laughs> I can pass that on 100% because yes. we want to get what you're interested in reading mm-hmm. here, too. Yes. And if if for some reason I can't get it, because I buy for the adult graphic novel collection here. So I buy like American comics and also Japanese com- manga that aimed at adults. If it's something that I can't get anymore because it's out of print, I will find it for you somewhere else in the state. I will get it delivered here with your name on it. I am very passionate about that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's also kind of a beauty, like a beautiful thing and something that I at least appreciate in the library too, because since manga is so vast, there are so many different genres and subgenres. When you get to like the meat of it, if you find that you want to read more manga and you don't know where to start, you can walk right up to a librarian and say, I want to read more manga, but I don't know where to start. Just like I just said, and they will be like, (laughs) Here, you sweet summer child. Let me take yeah, you by the hand um, and lead you down the road. <laughs> yeah. No, especially because I'm old enough that like when I was a, an intern at another area library, their manga section, uh, they put me in charge of the manga section because they were like, eh, yeah, uh-huh. you do that. You're young. You know these cartoons. <laughs> um, and when I tell you that that manga section is now an entire wall of their teen zone mm-hmm. and like literally every time I'm there, I'm like, I can still see my stamp on it in terms of what I purchased. Yeah. Simon, I have to ask. I, I have to ask, did they put you in charge of the manga section or did you? they put you in charge of the manga section? It was the manga section, but, you know, it's, it's the Midwest. We're... The manga manga argument. Yeah, we, listen, we have a very specific accent here in the great Middle West. No, it but... is fine. People said it like that in California, too. Yeah. There's no excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Now, 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 here's the thing. There is an excuse if it's one of those words that you've only ever seen written out and you've never heard spoken aloud. Simon is correct and I am not. (laughs) <laughs> I am oh, Ronnie. we even have this on tape <laughs> not to brag i always knew it was manga even when i read it wow <laughs> too, but i didn't want to brag about it but now that abby did i guess i can try to <laughs> so there's kidding. no excuse but yeah. i do i do find that manga is just to like round off some thoughts about this and of course please share any of your final thoughts as well um that it's just such a comfort to me. And it's also, it for some reason, I got more into manga than I did into American graphic mm-hmm. novels. And manga was kind of like my gateway back to American graphic novels. But it's also just such a joy. And there's such an there's such a sort of like sophistication to that style of storytelling that I feel like people overlook because like with most graphic novels, even today, they'll look at it and they'll just be like, oh, there's words and pictures. Like (laughs) how complicated can it be? But, and yet like they evoke so much thought wise, emotionally, Mm -hmm. just they are 
any reading is valuable. And I find that like, especially as people are starting to take manga and then once again, graphic novels more seriously, like it's become so much more evident me, evident to me as I've gotten older that this is in fact very valuable reading. Mm-hmm. So I find it very heartwarming that people are getting more access to it. <laughs> I'm going to keep my last thought short. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Simon. Um, I I agree with you. Manga is very comforting. Mm-hmm. I find anime and manga very comforting because it was one of my main escapes as a teen. Then no one understood because mom, it's not a phase. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> and even now, like there's a I'm, I have to mention it because it's ne- next weekend. Um, there's a yearly convention here in Detroit, Yumacon, that is huge. It's an anime manga convention and you have like 70,000 people that attend each year and it just goes to, and people come from all over the country Mm -hmm. for this one. And it shows how big the community actually is. Mm -hmm. It's not a new thing. It is an old thing. And it is a thing that we are all very loyal to. And it is a lifestyle. (laughs) Tell your mom that. (laughs) (laughs) Not a phase. (sighs) I agree with all of the things being said. And I also want to add another thing I really love about manga. If you can take like, a stack of manga and read through it in an afternoon if you're really dedicated and really want to. It goes much faster than reading like a all textbook. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice to be able to go through a story and actually experience like an entire book in one sitting, yes. which you don't often do otherwise. Yeah. It's very accessible. Thank you for mentioning. Yeah, I am, I'm going to throw out there that if this episode comes out before Yumacon, you might see me at Yumacon as the current Red Sentai, which is a uh, Red Ranger for, yeah extra dorks um but anyway i i was just gonna say especially for the slightly older crowd because apparently that's who i'm playing to on this podcast episode um slightly older crowd the classics from your childhood are getting republished and getting republished in incredibly lavish large art new translations there's new editions of blade of the immortal berserk Mm -hmm. helsing This to the north star sailor moon has absolutely gorgeous new editions Come talk to me. We can get them for you. You can get a good peek at them. Yeah, Relive your childhood. <laughs> a plus plus. I definitely bought some of the new Sailor Moon editions, and I've been looking at the Blade of Immortal yeah, ones just like so bad yeah. to own them. I, I have a Helsing tattoo, so I had to buy the Helsing editions. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. The tracks. Even yeah. like Dragon Ball has those special illustrated color editions yes. now too, which are super cool. It's just. It's kind of awesome being a manga reader and once again, being an adult who has gone mm-hmm. through the lack of access to this now. And and now your thing is popular. Like the thing you loved as a kid is now super popular yeah, and, and you've got the money to spend on it. Exactly. Yeah. Valid. Like, I, I Debatable that's... on that last comment. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> I know that some people like to do the whole, like, I was here first. I had to oh, struggle no. thing. Blah. But I, mm-hmm. I am just like, I was here first, but I'm happy you're here too. Yes. Because now I get to have more Absolutely. of it. And, and I guess to close... <laughs> To uh, swing it back around, when I say money to spend on it, I mean, like, you can also go to your local library and check it out for free. Yes. And also, I will also be at Yumacon, just tossing that out there. Damon, I feel like you have to go now. I will not be at Yumacon this year. I'm sorry. But I have many, many friends, in addition to these wonderful friends at the table, that will be there. So, yeah. Great. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. You can find more information on the titles we discussed in the show notes, and we encourage you to visit your local library to check out more manga. Thanks, as always, to John Duffy, who provides our theme music. And remember that if you want to support this podcast, you can visit ferndalefriends.org. But also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We will be back next week with more. Thanks for listening, and thank you, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.